from Star Studios in Denison, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Okay, here we go with another episode of Coffee with a Sign Painter. Today I am interviewing Sam Roberts. Of uh, Most of you know him from uh, Ghost Signs, uh, which is, uh, he actually manages several websites that um, document uh, fading signs in, uh, in London and some of the other areas in Europe. And... Um, so we're going to talk to him about uh, what got him started in that and what got him motivated to want to do that with his background and uh, take a look at some of the other things he's doing, like the uh, international workshops uh, with Mike Meyer and David Kiniston and um, the upcoming Letterhead Meet, the upcoming project in Limerick, Ireland. Uh, lots of fun stuff. So um, if you are a... Uh, old sign junkie like I am, you're going to like this episode because uh, this guy has done a wonderful job of uh, archiving and documenting and curating uh, just tons and tons of pictures of, uh, of old signs from all over. So uh, here we go. This is Sam Roberts of Ghost Signs. Okay. Ready. Well, well, let, let's do what uh, what we were doing earlier when you were just kind of telling me who you are and where you are and what you do and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm Sam Roberts, uh, Londoner, London, UK, and I've got a background in the advertising industry, but always, well, for the last nine years or so, been interested in painted signs. And particularly the historic forms, the old ones on brick walls. Uh, I call them ghost signs. Other people call them fading ads, um, commercial archaeology, urban fossils. There's lots of names to describe them. Uh, got into researching those, and that's led me on a path um, to connecting with loads of the, the global sign painting or sign writing, as we call it over here, community. Okay. Yeah, um, some of us who are... Uh, listening are very aware of what you've been doing and been following it and others might be something new to them but uh, yeah. a lot of exciting visuals that you've compiled on on your website uh, betterletters.co is one of them and what else do you have okay so yeah so you're familiar with the betterletters.co and there I'm writing about and promoting the work of sign painters and other lettering artists around the world one of the big things we've got going on there is organizing workshops there's a real hunger i find all over the place for people who want to learn some of these traditional skills and so what we're doing with it is bringing that to different cities around the world through the better letters workshops um the other website that uh, people may or may not be familiar with is ghostsigns.co.uk. Uh, that's where I've been publishing for eight years now, material related to the historic aspects of sign painting and, and painted signs. So uh, there's over 
550 different articles on there Amazing. showing material from the US, Europe, Australia, Asia, Africa, South America. In fact, I think every continent is featured on there in some way apart from Antarctica, but I haven't seen any painted signs down there yet. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. So you, you mentioned you have a background in advertising, but I mean, this is a huge undertaking. What, what has driven you to uh, put all of this effort into creating this archive it's pretty amazing yeah I, it's, it's a good question <laughs> <laughs> fair maybe enough. i'm a bit mad um fair enough <laughs> the you know i think i think well to, to rewind you know in 2006 i was in advertising doing work in an advertising agency and i i noticed these old paintings signs on brick walls and I've, I found that interesting that that used to be a sort of viable communications medium for big brands uh -huh. and I took a handful of photos and shared them with friends and family and it was the reaction I got to those photos that I shared that really drove things forward everybody seemed to have a story or a connection to an old painted sign and soon enough people were emailing me there's one on the end of my road or you have to check out the uh, the Bovril one in Brixton and I would be putting them on a map and on my weekends or uh, time off would, would go and visit them and take photos of them okay. and then I needed somewhere to publish them and that was the birth of the website and eventually uh, the archive that um, is housed by someone called the History of Advertising Trust. Uh, so they actually host a huge online archive documenting over a thousand ghost signs in the UK and Ireland. Wow. Yeah, that it's just an amazing um, thing to flip through. I've uh, visited many, many times um, when I'm, I'm looking for inspiration for a job or I'm just, you know, wanting to you know, <laughs> feast my eyes. It's it's just an incredible collection that you have. Yeah, I mean, it's. I have to confess that it's it's not my own work. I mean, although I've you know compiled and curated it in some sense, the material on there comes from a wide range of different places. Uh, what I've been able to use, I guess, is the power of the internet and the ability to share material quickly. Um, to you know I've used that as a way of developing the content on there so you know a lot of the material is stuff that people have emailed me or have shared through Facebook or other means and I am providing a, a sort of central point that it can get, you know gather around and, uh, and be curated and presented so you know I think a lot of credit equally has to go to everybody that's taken the time out to submit material and I always welcome new stuff you know on the Facebook page people are always sharing new photographs likewise on the Twitter people send stuff through and I'll retweet it um, you sort of get a bit spoiled I think after a while and you start to become yeah, I don't know if you have the word in the state a snob you know <laughs> yeah we've got that word oh, I'm not interested <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to avoid it, but I think sometimes I get a bit sort of, you know, only the very most, you know, the most interesting and sure uh, visually stimulating material appeals now because I've seen so much of it. Yeah, but I, I think that also makes for a good curator to a certain extent. 
yeah, you have to be discriminating and you have to take decisions about what you do and don't uh, publish. Um, nobody's complained, <laughs> so, uh, so I can't, you know, I can't be doing too badly. No, no. It, it, it's, it, like I said, it's wonderful stuff. Um, now, you mentioned the workshops. One, one thing that you've been doing is um, uh, Mike Myers, who is uh, one of my inspirations in the trade and has been for many years, um, he's, he's been flying all over the world doing workshops, and um, it's one of the reasons I can't pin him down to get on the show yet, because he's constantly traveling right now. But uh, so how does that work? Um, for one, you've got Mike Meyer, um, who has been a big inspiration to me yeah. over the years. Um, and he's traveling all over the, the globe doing these workshops. And um, it's one of the reasons I haven't been able to pin him down to be on the show quite yet is because he's traveling so much. Um, yes. so, so tell us how that works. And if somebody's interested in, in getting one of those set up with, with Mike or David, like how, how do they go about that? Yeah, so um, to sort of rewind, I guess, a couple of years, um, you know, Mike's been going around the world for, for a long time attending Letterheads events in various different countries. And I think coming out of that, he developed, a, you know, an introductory hand lettering workshop. And just before I met him, he had been running those in, in a couple of places in Europe with Ashley Bishop, who uh, someone else you might get on the, um, on the show. And it was in February last year that... Uh, in fact, Ashley again nudged me to bring that film that you're in and that Mike is in, the Sign Painters film, over to London. Okay. And so I, I put on the London screenings for that. I set up a venue, licensed the film from uh, from Faith and Sam, and then ran the screenings. And they were a huge success. We had three nights in a row sold out here in London. And off the back of that. Ashley suggested, well, why don't you get Mike over to teach his class in London? And so I looked into what it would cost to fly him over, got a venue together, put some tickets sale, and you know there was a real, a huge interest in in running the workshop and coming to the workshop. And off the back of that, you know, Mike and I decided, well, why don't we do some more of these? And so we set up last summer um, a few dates around Europe uh, people had been approaching him and he would refer them to me and say Sam can you work with this person to set the workshop up okay. and um, you know it's it's just grown organically I guess and out of that yeah we're in you know we're in partnership on them and uh, he's now been to Europe a number of occasions we're doing a US tour uh, this fall, so we're going through after the letterheads in Cincinnati. We're going to be going through Philadelphia, New York, and Providence, Rhode Island, okay. bringing the workshops uh, to those places. And then the, I mean, if people want to set them up, uh, they can just get in touch with me. Letters website. If you Google Better Letters, you'll find me. Uh, the email is just info at betterletters.co and I can talk people through how to set it up I give all the advice on what equipment you need the type of venue uh, how to, to sell tickets and so on um, the key thing really is making sure that there's enough local interest in a place before embarking on it and you know most people have got a handful of friends that want to do it and then friends of friends and then before you know it you've got enough people for a workshop sure sure okay well that that's great um, well, you mentioned Philadelphia 
Um, yeah. That, that's uh, tied in with my buddy Gibbs Connors, correct? That's it, yeah. The really exciting thing about the tour that we're doing in the US is that all of the workshops are being hosted by working sign shops. Okay. So, uh, so in Philadelphia, we've got uh, two days with Mike at Gibbs Place, and then immediately following that, there's two days with David Kiniston. So David Kiniston is a, a Welsh sign writer who you and others are probably familiar with, uh, does some exceptional work and is particularly passionate about classical letter form. So his workshop covers Roman lettering and copper plate script, two of the foundational forms uh, of sign written lettering. Uh, so the, the date he's doing in the US is, uh, is Philadelphia, and that's on the 1st and 2nd of October. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, David is um, just a huge inspiration to me. Um, <clears throat> John Arnott, who's a, a old-time sign painter down in San Diego, uh, worked with me on a lot of projects when we were in Southern California, and he he had traveled and worked uh, with David over there um, on multiple occasions, and uh, that was my first introduction to David's work, and uh, that was years ago now, but um, just blew me away. I mean, the richness of his colors and uh, just true genuine artist craftsman of the most highest caliber uh, I, I would love to uh, love to uh, be able to attend one of his workshops for sure yeah well c come through to Philly you know he's well he's doing one in Philly and um, and then hopefully we'll, we'll get him over to the States again you know it's um, uh, you know that's still in its early stages David's workshop but he's already been to uh, Amsterdam, um, Nottingham, and London, and uh, he's due to go over to Bologna, Italy later this year. So uh, his his one U.S. date at the moment is the one in Philly, uh, but there'll be more coming in the future. Ah. And then as we continue, uh, Mike and I are going to then drive through to New York, where uh, some other guys from the movie Colossal Media are oh, hosting yeah. the work in yep. New York. Excellent. Um, and then. After that, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, there's a, a couple of guys, Providence Painted Signs, yep. who are hosting the workshop there. Yeah, I follow them on Instagram. So, um, okay, that's awesome. Um, I know that you, you had mentioned you're going to be at the uh, 40th anniversary Letterhead Meet in Cincinnati, which is, I'm sure, going to be an incredible blowout. Um, I, I think there's going to be a huge turnout for that. Um, Unfortunately for us, with uh, the project that we're doing in Ireland around the same time, we're going to be, you know, not able to make it. But um, <clears throat> interestingly, the, the project that we're doing with the band The Cranberries while we're out there um, is creating a ghost sign. So it'll be uh, right up your alley, but unfortunately you won't be in that part of the world when we are. What do we say? It's like ships, ships in the night, passing in the night. Yeah, maybe we can wave, wave at like each, um, the, wave uh, each other's airplanes or something. <laughs> that's it. The um, it's funny you say that you're creating a, a ghost sign for them because that's something obviously because of the two areas of work I'm involved with. It's a request that comes through, you know, quite often. You know, people get in touch. We want to recreate an old ghost sign, or we want to make a new sign that looks like it ghost sign and we've done some really interesting bits of one area uh, in fact mike when mike was over last year so at this point in the conversation we had some uh, 
repeated technical difficulties uh, with his Skype on his end, so we had to uh, switch over to his cell phone. So Sam's going to pick up here uh, with the conversation about the uh, Coca-Cola project and Mike Meyer and all that good stuff. Uh, so you'll hear a little change in the quality here. Yeah, so um, so it's interesting that that's why you're coming over to Ireland to, to paint a, you know, what we could probably call a, a fake ghost sign. And obviously the two areas of work that I'm involved with, researching the ghost signs and working with uh, contemporary sign writers, means that I get quite a lot of requests for that type of work. And last year we had a really exciting job that came through, which was to work on the interior of the new Coca-Cola headquarters in London. And for that, we were recreating one of their old ghost sign murals on a, on a fake interior wall uh, that you now see every time staff walk into the office there in London. Okay. Uh, so that was a, it was a collaboration between uh, myself, uh, Ashley Bishop, Mike Meyer, uh, Mark Josling was involved. There was a whole team got involved with it. And we were able to get access to old archival materials from Atlanta, Georgia. And you know these were original drawings that would have been sent out to the wall dogs across the U.S. in order to, to create the original ghost sign advertising murals. Oh, cool! Very cool. Um, so yeah, so that's you know that's a, an interesting brief, and um, you know I, I don't want to get typecast as you know that's the only type of work uh, that we do but it does seem to be something that's really popular at the moment i don't know what it is people seem to want these old old but new signs you know i'll re recreate a sign as it did look like we'd had with coke or i want a sign for my brand new business that's only been open two weeks but i want it to look like we've been here for 60 years yeah um, and that that's it, the bulk of the type of work that we've done for several years now and i think one of the reasons it's so universal and it's i mean it's you know even across the the ocean where you're at i i think it's just this desire um to capture you know things that were during a more uh simplistic time and um you know i think people in general are very dissatisfied with the the way things have, have gone um and i think the push during the 1980s which almost decimated sign painting um for things to be more corporatized and slick and you know computer perfect i think that there's backlash at this point where people are like no you know I, I like that era of mom and pop and you know people just having their their <laughs> little family business and that they've been there for years and i i think there's it's um i mean it's a little bit utopian in a way uh but i i get it and i i share it so you know i i, I have those same sentiments yeah um so i understand it but it's also um I don't know. I think I think things have been uh, pushed so far, and uh, the corporate stuff has been pushed down people's throats so much that it, it's the backlash of just like, no, you know, we we want soul, we want you know heart, and we want these things that connect with us. We don't want some slick piece of garbage, you know. Uh, I think that's why junk food and McDonald's and all those companies are struggling right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's there's a couple of things I think going on there. Uh, you know, on the one hand, what you describe there is, I suppose, a sense of nostalgia, isn't there? And and you know, can can some of that be brought back? Um, you know, I think probably I'm going to be you know slightly facetious, but you know, would be to say. You know, having a, a fake ghost sign put up probably isn't going to bring it back. But you know, but if it makes people, you know, if it evokes a certain emotion or um, you know makes people feel good, then uh, you know, then that's a good thing. There's an interesting story though in uh, New York, where uh, I think it must have been Colossal Media or or their kind of wall owning arm sky high uh, colossal media owns the sites and then sky high murals does the pieces but uh-huh. uh, there was a a case came up where they wanted to solicit a wall to paint a new advertising sign on okay but on that wall was called coca-cola go and and before the uh, i think they're called the society for historic preservation or some such and Frank Jump, who's a, a New York resident and an also a, a really uh, ferocious documenter of ghost signs, written a great book, Fading Out of New York City. He got asked to give an expert or professional opinion on, on whether this should be allowed to happen, a new sign get painted over the Coca-Cola sign. Okay. And his, his take on it was, well, you know, you can't stand in the way of progress in a sense. And uh, in some sense, painting the new sign is a is a more positive action it brings the craft into the modern day and it helps people uh, nurture those skills without getting too sentimental about the old sign underneath and i i i i'm inclined to agree to an extent i think what i would like to see and i think what is happening is a resurgence in appreciation for handcrafted signage and lettering and whether that you know is comes through painting crisp clean new signs or whether it comes through painting you know works that appear old i'm not really too bothered but i think what we need to be doing is making sure we you know get plenty of work for for all of the great sign painters out there yeah i you know just hearing you describe that i i i vacillated between the two sides while you were talking it's like i mean I, <laughs> I, in in some ways i agree in some ways i disagree that's a complex thing um you know i i do uh i do agree with what you're saying too that um it, there there can't be so much nostalgia that it, it i mean that itself could snuff the the craft out you know um, yeah. To where uh, people are almost afraid to, um, you know, get get things painted and get things done. Uh, you know, I, I love that we do so much um, aged-looking work. It's an aesthetic that mm-hmm. I've always been drawn to. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if that's all that anyone wants done, um, then the whole craft design painting gets pigeonholed into, oh, well, it's just this thing. And then as, as things progress and, and people, you know, change or lose interest in it, then that gets pigeonholed as, oh, well, that, that's just that old scratchy looking stuff. So I see both sides of yeah. it. Um, and it, and it's tough because I mean, I'm sorry. No, no, go on, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. I just, um, you know, I I get really excited. Like we just did this project for Indian motorcycles for Sturgis, and you know they wanted that gritty, old, beat up. You know, 
that vibe and we do a, a lot of it um and i i'm sometimes um i guess afraid that uh if i take on too much of that uh, aesthetic that that's you know what's always going to be expected kind of a thing but uh you know at the same time i'm really just glad to be working and and doing cool projects because um you know there were years there that uh you know, I've mentioned in previous podcasts where I worked up at a sign shop in Seattle that did no paintwork. Um, that you know, you you would just dying to be able to paint again. You know, so I, I'm I'm just yeah. grateful that I get to still paint. Um, yeah. But you know, those concerns just on the business side of things do enter into my head too. Of just do I. You just want to be kind of known as this one-trick pony, where I just do this old-style stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. You know, it's an interesting thing. And the fir the first thing I always say to people when they say, you know, we want a sign that looks, you know, looks old, is I always ask them why. Well, you know, why do why do you want that? And and what's the reasoning for it? And you know, try and suggest that you know maybe the thing to do is to you know paint a sign with the intention of it lasting that long and, and painting a sign that suggests that you're in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. You know, when those when people put those old painted signs up, they were saying, my business is going to be around as long as this sign and as long as it's going to need repainting in the future and, and actually get a fresh new sign that will age gracefully as your business does and then get it refreshed and then get it refreshed again. I don't know. I, I'm not... You know, I'm not arguing against making the fake old ones, but I, I also think that you know people should you know value some you know new creations and let you know there's some great artists out there. We just we've talked about a handful in this chat. Let them loose on your um, on your projects, and you can get some great work out. Yeah. So you, uh, one thing I, I would like some clarification on. Um, you've mentioned the projects and the the customers. Um, what are 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 you also painting signs? Um, <laughs> not well, not not to sell. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you know, are you designing I've, things? I've, um, I'm I, I'm really only familiar with this these projects that you've done with archiving the the stuff. So, w what's your day job? I guess. Well, it's a mixture of all of this now, and. Uh, with the you know with the workshops that's taking up quite a bit of time now um, but the other area that that I'm doing is is acting I guess as a broker for um, for artists so because of what I've done in that world of ghost signs I do get a steady flow of interest and inquiries that come through from people who want either fake ghost signs or other forms of, of painted signage and lettering and so what i'm starting to do is to get projects in dish them out and find work for um for a number of different artists over here in the uk uh, so that that's a part of the of my work that i want to grow now and um you know i think there's you know, there's big opportunities. You just talked about doing stuff for the Cranberries, you know, massive music group. And, you know, people like Dave Smith, I've seen doing stuff for Jameson's Whiskey. You know, so right. I, I think there's there's scope there for, for you know, much bigger, interesting uh, lettering work out there. And, and my job now is to is to try and sniff that out and, um, and get the right people onto 
Okay. The best okay. jobs. That that's that's. I think you're inventing a, a new job description in this trade. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I don't know of anyone who's ever done that, but that's pretty really cool. I mean, you know, it just. Uh, I, I do think um, what I think you're on to something because um, you know we've we've been contacted by a lot of larger scale companies uh, here in the U.S. and um, their 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 advertising departments are starting to understand the connection that the the hand painted sign work has with the public and they're trying to figure out would this be a good fit for us so i think that there's a, a definitely there there's something there that you're on to that um uh it's really cool i mean it, it's kind of like you're uh kind of like a boutique ad agency in a way i mean you're you're connecting these pieces together that's cool yeah well it, you know it brings together two areas of, of experience and interest you know on the one hand i've got that background i used to work in that industry the advertising industry and on the other i've got familiarity and uh, a knowledge of um of you know who's doing what in terms of sign painting mm -hmm. and putting those two together and you know ideally earning a commission in the middle of it sure is is where i'd like the future to be so as you say it is it's it's inventing a new job <laughs> that i'm not sure anyone has done before and you know who knows it could it could float or sink but the journey's fun and uh there you go um you know that's that's the, that's the main main part very cool so um I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the podcast, um, but one of the um, obligatory questions that I try to ask each guest <laughs> is, uh, what's on your iPod this week? What are you listening to? Oh, God, I'd have to go. Do you, do you know what? I don't have an iPod. <laughs> okay. I still, I still listen to CDs. <laughs> Well, well, you know, it's a figure of speech. It's like asking someone if they want a Coke, you know, so just you can run with CDs. I'm okay with that. Well, f funnily enough, I've got in my house, I've got two CD players um, on the on the one in the living room. Uh, I've got a compilation. It's two albums by a 1970s, I think, sort of jazz funk group called Tower of Power. Yep. Um, so they... <laughs> you know tower of power so they're yeah they're loads of horn section and uh, quite kind of funky some of them are a bit soppy and mellow and lovey-dovey but um the others are a bit more uh, sort of dancing around type stuff okay and then down in the kit down in the kitchen um oh, i've got alpha boys school which is uh there was a school in jamaica that used to take boys from troubled families or orphans and look after them and one of the key ways that they uh, helped the kids was through music so they okay. had music teachers and they taught them jazz and other other things and out of that school um, a, almost an entire musical genre started which is um, ska music and okay. you know it's kind of more, more up-tempo reggae type music uh, so downstairs in the kitchen is a, is a compilation of work from people that came out of that school so okay, um, yeah that's cool I'm not familiar with that I'm familiar with ska but um, that sounds similar to are you familiar with uh, the blind boys of Alabama um, is that the sort of the blues, kind of blues movement? Well, yeah, it's kind of um, 
kind of like southern hymnals mixed with blues. It's, uh, if I understand the history correctly, um, uh, these these young uh, black guys in, in Alabama that were blind um, at this blind school, one of the ways they kept them, um, you know, engaged in their studies and things was um, the they got them involved in music and singing and um i i I think it's one of those things where like each generation adds a a new guy um but it's um, just the most soulful beautiful music um and singing um but it sounds like a similar approach to what you're talking about yeah well um you should uh i think the album is just called alpha alpha boys school or or some such Um, okay it comes out of Jamaica, and it's a yeah, it's a mixture of kind of jazz and ska. Really nice. Okay, I'll t- I'll, I'll look that up. That sounds cool. See, this, this it's um, the question is not only entertainment; it's also for my own purposes, so I can you know, <laughs> get turned on to new stuff. Yeah, well, I'm sure you can get it on iTunes or Amazon or, or one of those uh, or one of those download stations. Okay. So um, when you're out in Cincinnati for the Letterhead meet, do you have any um, things planned that you're going to be participating in? Or are you just going to like just go scope it out? What are you thinking? So this is, uh, this is my third meet. Uh, I went to Mike Myers Mazeppa Mardi Gras last March, which was in a snowy Mazeppa, uh-huh. Minnesota. Um, that was hilarious, and uh, that's given me the bug. Then we were lucky enough last year to have one in Rochester in Kent, hosted by Mick Pollard and Kate Belmont. Okay. Uh, that, that was brilliant. We had loads of guys over from the US for that. Fantastic. Uh, so this is my third one. Obviously, I think the scale is going to be slightly different. I, I imagine there's going to be hundreds of people uh, there in Cincinnati. My schedule, I get in Wednesday evening. Thursday, I'm helping Dave Kiniston out with his workshop. So he's doing a one-day classical hand lettering workshop uh, over there. So I'm assisting him with that. Okay. Uh, the Friday, uh, Friday, I want to get I'll probably help Mike Meyer out with his second workshop. And then I want to go and listen to Mark Otis is doing a talk on Friday afternoon. Really want to check that out because obviously I've seen Mark Otis in the film Uh with you and others. And he's obviously one of the original letterheads. So it'll be, uh, you know, a privilege to to listen to him, uh, you know, share some of his wisdom. I guess, you know, Saturday, Sunday, gone. No, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware that he was doing that there. That'll be pretty amazing for him, especially to uh, you know be one of the original letterheads and be you know talking at the 40th anniversary. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it's it, what they've done. I think is quite good. So they have the Thursday, Friday is the letterheads university i think they call it where there's lots of workshops seminars and you know a real focused educational component to the meet which is you know part of the ethos of the whole movement and then the saturday and the sunday is i guess much more free form the kind of panel jam type stuff and uh on those two days who knows what's going to happen i'm just going to you know get, get around get stuck into stuff and i think that you know for me one of the best things about it is going to be to meet lots of the people that you see online. You know, that's the funny yeah. thing about the internet now is you see people's, you talk, talked about Instagram earlier, you've got people connected on Facebook, people that you've had email correspondence with, and, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity to, to meet them face to face. In fact, 
obviously I'm into the ghost signs. Um, Sign of the Times publications back in 1989 uh, published what I think is still really the definitive book on ghost signs called Ghost Signs, Brick Wall Advertising in America, uh, written by a guy uh, guy called William Stage. And I've been in email contact with him for years. And I've made a conscience to his recent book and you know we just have a relationship online he's just told me that he's hoping to drive through to the meet in Cincinnati and uh, you know there I'll get to meet one of my own kind of heroes and gurus so Very it's cool. going to be really exciting yeah yeah that's awesome well cool this is this is uh, going to be an exciting year in a lot of ways for a lot of different uh, uh, bunch of us sign painters because it's just uh, the I think kind of the enthusiasm and the interest that was regenerated by the the film and book sign painters I think is finally um, I don't know I think it's kind of reaching its its zenith um, around this time and I I think the 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 public's become well enough aware of it now that um, there's some momentum there so it's a really exciting time to be um, you know, still plugging away doing it to be in the business. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's you know you and a bunch of other guys that that never gave up, and um, you know now now you get to reap the reward, and I think that's you know all credit to you guys. Yeah, well, I don't know if if there's any credit due on my end. I feel you know um, there there was enough struggle of trying to uh you know just survive during the period when uh when vinyl started to dominate um you know you you make whatever decisions you have to to you know pay the rent but um you know it's yeah it it it, it's nice to see um the appreciation there you know because i think that was the most discouraging thing of going through all that was just the um you know the just the bummer of it of like the public in general just not wanting what not only what you did anymore but what you were passionate about and what drove you to want to learn in the first place and then to have almost a non-existent market for it for a while was just like it was terrible (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know this is I guess you know I was I was a youngster when I guess most of that was was happening and, and growing up and um, you know I, I don't you know claim any credit for for anything but I do feel you know through the ghost signs and and through what I'm doing with better letters I'm trying to play a small part in celebrating and, and promoting the great work that people do and that clients can get done. No, no, I I know uh, that what you've put together I know that that's had an impact. Um, I've, I've even uh, had it part of some conversations with clients of mentioning seeing things on your site and, um, you know, that being part of the dialogue about uh, design elements and that kind of thing. So I, I know th- that it's, it's had an impact, and uh, that's really cool, you know, that you were passionate enough to just do it because you liked it, and, you know, it's been out there long enough now that people, like, use it as a resource. That's really cool. That's brilliant. That's great to know. The other thing I should point out is that, you know, obviously a lot of my work in that area has been 
digital and online, you know, presenting photographic material uh, on websites. Mm-hmm. Um, what I set up back in October 2013, I realized that, you know, looking at these old signs on a screen isn't the same as seeing them there on the street, you know, meeting them in the flesh, if you like. And so I set up a, a walking tour over here in London. So once a month, a couple of times a month, I take small groups out onto the street and we go out looking for these old signs and exploring the stories that they tell. You know, who were these people that had these signs painted? And I've done lots of the local history research and I've found old photographs so that we can stand and we can look at a particular sign and compare it now to how it looked when it was first painted in 1924. So um, that's another aspect of my work that, um, you know, I really enjoy. And I think there's something quite special when you do get out on the street and look at them um, in person so if, if you or any of the listeners are ever in London uh, check the Ghost Signs website uh, for the for the tour dates and uh, time okay. your trip to coincide with it yeah, yeah I actually had that in my notes um, to, to ask you about that um, as far as I know uh, I, you, I think you're the only person on the planet uh, doing something like that and it's amazing I mean it's uh, it. It would be a really interesting, cool thing to do. So, uh, ho- hopefully, this is not our our last international uh, trip. It's certainly our first, both for my wife and I. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to experience some other cool stuff in the upcoming years as well. Yeah. Oh, you've got to, you've got to do it. I know it's. Um, I think it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? That that. Um, you know, more Americans don't have passports than do, or there's, I don't know, there's some kind of <laughs> statistic about that because you've got so much going on. You've almost, you know, you've got 50 odd countries in your own country, if you like. Um, well, you don't need one. But um, yeah, I would always encourage people to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's really strange because it, it a lot of it has to do with where you're at in the United States because um, places I've lived, like San Francisco, uh, I've never known that many Americans who have been overseas and go overseas regularly as I met in San Francisco. Um, and then there's other areas, you know, you go to, a, a, you know, a, a rural area um, in the south or something like that. And the majority of those people may not have ever ventured out, you know, maybe even out of their own state. So it just a lot of that is dependent yeah. upon where you're at. Um, in the Dallas area, there seems to be a pretty high number of people that travel as well. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I've never really had uh, opportunity and the the impetus to really pursue it uh, until this uh, project came up with um, going to Ireland and Tom Collins, a sign painter there, who has uh, become a friend through. Skype, <laughs> because we, we've talked yeah. so many times, and he's been on the show several times. Um, uh, he, he facilitated uh, the bulk of this whole thing coming together, which has been really amazing um, to try kind of just go with the flow and be like, okay, we're going to come, you know. Well, I, I, I assure you, you probably get, you'll get the bug now, Sean. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll do this and you'll get home and you'll have itchy feet. You'll want to do it all over again. So, um, yeah, get, get yourself over to London next time. 
Yes, definitely. Um, I, I would really love to uh, uh, be able to uh, check out Dave Smith uh, in person, you know, as well. Um, he's another person that's uh, going to be on the show down the road when his schedule allows for it. Um, and, and we've talked several times on the telephone and that kind of thing. And uh, he, he's just one of those very rare uh, guys in the trade that um, I think it's. I can confidently say that he blows everyone's mind who's a sign painter. I have yet to meet anyone who's not just like, holy cow, he's a step above, you know. Um, so I'd really like to see some of what he does in person. I think that would be a neat thing. And he, yeah, he was one of the um, one of the people that you know quite early on I discovered through my work on ghost signs you know it was I remember starting out on ghost signs and feeling like I was documenting something that had disappeared literally you know as a, as a craft and bit by bit I realized that wasn't the case and um, you know even though the the business is is much smaller than it would have been 40 50 years ago uh, I do think there's something quite special about it and it's it's thriving in its its own sort of more um, scaled back way mm. and you know the letterheads movement is has been great for that um, I think it's quite a unique thing uh, the fact that individual self, quite often self-employed people will travel miles and over continents to to hang out and just paint signs i don't think there's any other trade or craft that does anything quite like that and um it's yeah it's fantastic yeah i i don't hear very often of you know plumbers flying to europe to meet up with some other plumbers and talk about pipes it doesn't i don't think it exists <laughs> i suppose ta yeah you have like you know the tattoo tattoo guys do it um you know pinstripers so there, there are i guess sort of related you know areas to, to sign painting but yeah like you say other um you know other trades like those um you don't get sort of an international meeting of electricians yeah uh, <laughs> Maybe there is. Maybe it's just really nerdy and underground, and so no one talks about it. But maybe it happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we'll send out some spies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I appreciate you um, taking time to come on the show and talk about uh, your work and what you've done. I, uh, as, as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of what you've put together, and um, it's a uh, I, it's one of those things that um, I think has kept uh, some of us enthused is just seeing stuff like people like yourself who've archived and curated and done all this wonderful stuff to keep it out there in the public. I think on those, you know, kind of down days where you just feel like, you know, does anybody care about this stuff? You know, that's the kind of stuff that you're like, yeah, there's still people that care about it. That's cool. <laughs> Well, that's brilliant. Well, no, it's, um, it's a pleasure, and uh, thank you for, for having me on the show, and uh, look forward to hearing it in full. And, um, yeah, if people want to, you know, if people are unfamiliar with the work, then obviously check out uh, the two websites. One of them is ghostsigns.co.uk, and the other one is betterletters.co. But if you put ghost signs into Google or better letters into Google, uh, you'll get those coming up as the first hit normally. Awesome. Okay, well... Uh, hopefully we get to cross paths in person someday soon. That's great, Sean. Coffee 
the Sign Painter is brought to you by the Big D Speed Shop in Dallas, Texas. You can find licensed apparel of Sean Starr's original designs at BigDSpeedShop.com. The show is also brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters, makers of the Sign Painter's Blend. Coffee that Sean drinks in the studio every day. Now shipping worldwide. FullCityRooster.com with a sign painter hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes at our website, seanstar.com.